The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello, and welcome to Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Richmond. And I'm Ethan Gable. It's been a hot minute, but I'm here. She's back, and we're happy to have her. And today, we're talking about ignorant anti-Americans. Before we get started, make sure that you check us out and share us with all of your friends and subscribe to us on all of our platforms. And check out our Spotify playlist entitled Two Millennials One Playlist. And also, we are still sitting on a stack of Two Millennials One Podcast t-shirts. We delivered the t-shirt to the winner last week. Jared, yes. He hasn't received it yet because I just mailed it, but it is in the mail. And if you're like, man, I really wish I would have won one. Just get on our Facebook page and write us a sweet comment, post on our wall, and I may just bring you one or send you one, because they're just sitting there, so we should distribute them. Melt my heart, and then you'll get a shirt. Yeah, if Abby texts me and is like, my heart is in a puddle because of this (laughs) comment I read on the Facebook page, we will find you and we will present you a t-shirt. We will find you. (laughs) That got serious really quick. All right, so the idea behind this episode... I was reading the internet and I encountered this editorial from a website and a news publication entitled Investors Business Daily. And it was an editorial they posted on the 28th of November. So this is really fresh. In fact, we're recording this on the 29th. So this just came out and I immediately sent it to Abby because it ground my gears. It boiled my blood. And I believe your response was, oh, baby. Because, like, even the title, just it's so ignorant, and it makes me so frustrated. And I thought while reading it that it was, like, a joke, that somebody was writing all of this as an utter joke. Right, because the title is, Why Are So Many Millennials Ignorant Anti-Americans? Question mark. Yeah. Brutal right off the bat. I did some research on Investors Business Daily. I've read stuff from them before. I'm very involved in the market and I pay attention to that stuff. So they are a resource that I've utilized. But as I researched them, they are a conservative news outlet. Oh, yeah. So all of this stuff is coming from that perspective. And that's something to keep in mind. This isn't some unbiased source getting up there and just roasting us. These people have an agenda. It's an editorial. But I think it's worth taking an episode to sit down and defend our generation because it's yeah. pretty savage. I mean, like, the entire thing is just ripping apart our generation and you can definitely tell which end it's coming from for sure so what i want to do is i just want to read the beginning opening paragraph and then i went ahead and listed out some of the statistics and it looks like you took some notes as well we're just going to dig into this and like i said provide a defense Uh, but it starts off with a bold heading under the title miss education Congratulations to the leftists who've taken over the nation's public education system. They're now producing generations of Americans who know little about their own country other than that they hate it. That's what a new survey shows, anyway. A new YouGov poll asked more than a thousand people aged 14 and up about their knowledge of the country's history and institutions and their patriotic feelings towards the United States. The nationwide survey, sponsored by the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness, produced some alarming results. Basically, it found that younger generations, millennials and Gen Z, are less likely to love and respect the country, and they're less informed about America's history and way more likely to embrace socialism. Is that just evidence of youthful ignorance, or is that the result of a school system that indoctrinates children in leftist ideology? Those are my first two bullet points. The one about hating our country because we don't know enough about it, and then also, I don't think I have ever been in a classroom where a teacher has indoctrinated me with leftist ideology. 
I concur. And as an educator and as someone that went through the public school system, never did they get up there and just say, here are my leftist ideals and I'm going to weave these into the lesson. Or even I didn't feel that there was some covert leftist thing being implanted. And this is a giant fear of conservatives. The public education system just brainwashes kids into being liberals. Most of my teachers, I don't even think are liberals. And you're right. The school that you went to, they're not. Most of them are conservatives. And I went to a school where most of the teachers were indeed liberals, but rarely did politics come up. Exactly. They kept to themselves. Give teachers more credit than that. We're not getting up there and pumping our political beliefs. Most of us, I shouldn't say everybody, but most of them are not. And just the idea that if you go get an education, you become an automatic liberal, that is such a scare tactic. And I think that puts a bad rap on education. I was surprised that he went for and attacked high schools because more often do I hear that colleges are what is making kids liberal. For sure. Colleges get that rap as well. But yeah, this, I assume a male, actually, I shouldn't assume that. There's no name given to this. Oh, I definitely got a male. I did too. There's no byline on this outside it's an editorial from the company, but he went after high schools. He went after pretty much anyone above the age of 14 at this point. But like, I don't understand that. After I did my homework, I did this and I was reading about religion in the classroom. And so I was kind of already looking at the education system. And so just to read this and hear that he thinks this is what's being pushed. And my book thought religion is what's being pushed. And I don't see either of those things happening at my school. I just thought it was crazy. Definitely. Both sides will attack. The left attacks the religion in the classroom. The right attacks the liberal ideas in the classroom. And in reality, like I just get up and teach math every day. Like yeah. there's a whole lot of nothing outside of the content going I just on. basically faced Common Core at high school and that was terrifying enough. What most of this editorial is though, besides his poignant stabs at liberal ideology, is just reporting some of the results of this YouGov study. Nothing I read I found particularly troubling, but I could see if you are a, I bleed red, white, and blue I voted for Trump type of person that this would bother you. So I think we should talk about some of these. The first one pointed out was that more than a quarter of millennials are not proud to be an American. I often would agree with that. I would too. And right there, if you have been brainwashed by the cult that is America, you are very mad at us because that's not something that's said very often, especially if you live in this country. But look at right now specifically, if this was a topical, relevant, recent survey, is there a lot to be proud of? I mean, we're caging people on the border. We have a president that's embroiled in hundreds of scandals and lawsuits and investigations. The pipeline that everyone said was going to bust, busted, and now they're having to clean it up. Sure, all kinds of environmental issues, wildfires and snowstorms and hurricanes, all these things that are supposedly based on climate change and we're out here denying Mm. that this is happening. Is this a time that we should be proud and happy with our government? And honestly, I can't say I am. So if they ask me, hey, are you proud to be an American today? day? No. I would probably say no. And I don't feel bad doing that. If you believe that you need to be proud of your country no matter what they do, you are essentially in a cult. That's exactly what you are in. You have fallen for the cult of Americanism. You should value your country and you should fight to make the country the best that it is, but to blindly support it. Yeah, don't just stand for something just because it stands for this idea. America is supposed to be this great nation. I'm all for standing behind that great nation unless we start making crappy decisions like we are right now. Definitely. We have to strive to be that great nation. 
nation. If we aren't, then I don't feel like I need to support it and beat the drum of American excellency if it's not happening. And that's the whole thing with standing for the pledge or standing for the national anthem and all of those things. If you're doing that for no reason, not to keep going back to this idea, but it's just a blind faith in the country that is so problematic. That's propaganda is what that is. You've been told to love America no matter what. That's not how this country should work. You should love America when America deserves to be loved. We can always do better as a nation. And that's when I'm willing to say I'm proud to be an American when we're striving to do those things. But currently, right now, no. So many people have met me with, if you don't like it so much, just move. But like, I think as a country, you know, we the people, the people are what make this country. And so we are the ones that are going to have the power to change. But if all the people wanting a change move, then like nothing's going to happen. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to move. I just want to make the country better. That's our right as Americans. The whole reason this country was founded is we were a bunch of separatists that didn't like what was going on, you know, so we moved and we started something new. So we can't start not standing for that. Exactly. And anyone that tells you you can't stand for that or that you have to love America, That is so counterintuitive to what this country stands for that it's sickening. So if that stat bothers you, I encourage you to reassess what you think being an American is. Because blind faith in this country, that's anti-American to me. Continuing, only 65% of millennials say that the U.S. has a history to be proud of. And put me in that category. I don't think we should be particularly proud of our history. What is there to be proud of? Mass genocide? I struggle. I mean, we pretty much got the world out of World War II, or we stepped in and we took care of things in those world wars. But I mean, look at our country as a whole. We killed basically every native on this continent. We enslaved people for a hundred years, and then it took a division breakup in our country to resolve that. Which killed more than yeah, it killed, killed so a many people. Ton of people. You put the country back together, and half of the country doesn't want to play by the rules. So they are not enslaving people, but they're making black people's lives literally awful. You have all of these wars and foreign entanglements that shouldn't have happened, or that were based on money or oil or things that aren't good reasons to go to war. You have all kinds of sketchy things that the government does, as far as like let's test LSD on people and see what happens, <laughs> or let's give all of these black people in Alabama syphilis and see how that works out. Watch the Wormwood documentary on Netflix about what they did to that scientist that uh, didn't want to really play by the rules. They tossed him out a window. Like, there are all kinds... Yeah, you should watch that. Okay. If you had any faith in the American government, there's enough stuff out there that will make you really question that. Even things like... This is kind of getting obscure here, but prior to the Vietnam War, Ho Chi Minh, the guy that wanted to lead the independence movement in Vietnam from the French occupation, he contacted Harry Truman was like, help me. Help me get the French out of here. And you know what we did? We denied him and then we went to war with them and we killed a bunch of people. And guess who won that war? Not us. Yeah. Ho Chi Minh won. But we don't talk about that. No, of course not. And you don't learn that in school. And the people trashing on public education should sleep well at night knowing they're getting the American Bible at school. You only hear about the victories. You only hear about us storming the beaches at Normandy and taking down the Nazis. That's what you learn about in school. You don't learn about all this other terrible stuff that happens. And not to go too far, but I think the reason why our generation and Gen Z are less glazed over just like, oh, America's doe-eyed is what I'm trying to go for there. I think the reason we're not like that is we have technology. We have access to resources that our parents and our grandparents didn't have. We are much more informed and you can trash 
all over like our math ability and our reading ability, but we are informed or have the ability to be informed. And we know this stuff that if you were growing up in the 50s, all you saw was propaganda. All you got in school was propaganda. Yeah. You'd go to a movie and they'd show you some film reel of our troops winning a battle, you know, and saying, oh, it's all great out there. They were pumped propaganda and they had no way to cross check this stuff. They can't go home and Google it, you know, but we have that ability and yeah, we know Yeah, we just way have more. so much information. Definitely. And when you have something to balance that propaganda, your eyes are open to the fact that we aren't this fantastic, great, so open, kind, warm-hearted nation. We're kind of dicks and we just do what we want to benefit ourselves. Millennials and Gen Zers are realizing that and of course the results aren't as favorable. Yeah, is the next one about if we feel safer with us being the greatest country? Yeah, that was right after that. Okay. Did you have some thoughts on that? I didn't know what my answer was and I was reading this with a friend and neither of us could really answer because there's definitely multiple ways to look at it. Like if America is the strongest in terms of what? Are we assuming military power? I believe is what they were hinting at there. What she's referring to is the survey also asked if the world is safer when America is the strongest. 93% of boomers said yes, the world is safer when America is strongest, but millennials 68% said the world was safer when America is the strongest. If you think about it, like look at our most recent foreign wars. Look at going in and taking out Saddam Hussein. And look what that did to that region. ISIS formed, you know, and all these terrible things. Yeah, Saddam Hussein was terrible, but he was kind of just doing his own thing. We concocted weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Guess what? He didn't have any. And we went in and took him out. Same thing with like Gaddafi in Libya. He wasn't a great dude either. But yeah, we pretty much just like got him killed. And there's tumult in all of these countries that we get involved in. Is the world safer because of that? We've had boots over there since I was literally three years old. Like Afghanistan and yeah. Iraq. And three more people were just killed in Afghanistan yesterday morning, you know? Americans. Americans, yeah. I heard that on the radio. I was like, man, I haven't heard that in a while. But then you think, and you're like, yeah, we're still over there. Yeah, isn't so, that wild? That's wild. And I get, we're going after, like in that case, Osama bin Laden. Yeah, he just destroyed 3,000 Americans and crashed some towers. But do we have to go to war with a whole country over that? It's Not the same really. country Russia got in trouble with in the 80s, you know? We like don't learn these things. And we end up finding Osama bin Laden many years later over in Pakistan and we destroyed a whole country for that pretty much. I could see especially us, especially millennials and Gen Zers we grew up seeing this. Like yeah we are the strongest power but we're going in there and just doing these not so great things overseas and I know we're told that this is for some great, this is for freedom you know but I don't know if my freedom was necessarily protected by taking Saddam Hussein out. I think America struggles to thrive unless it has an enemy. Like a clear enemy. I would agree with that. Russia is definitely a clear enemy but yeah we seem to be pretty close to Russia right <laughs> now blurred lines blurred lines is right where's robin thick when you need him <laughs> some other things were pointed out in this article more than a third of millennials say that they are not patriots would you call yourself a patriot i wrote patriot question mark I didn't really know what that meant to them. Isn't that the same question as feeling proud to be an American? Kind of. I got into the patriotism nationalist discussion recently after Donald Trump got up there and said, call me a nationalist and how just bad that is. The difference he is, is a nationalist. Oh, though. he 100% is. The difference is, as a nationalist, is you love your country no matter what they do. Whereas in a patriot, you love your country when it's appropriate. Oh, then I'm a patriot. I would call myself a patriot too. I'm not going to go as far and say I'm a nationalist. I don't think the U.S. does good all of the time. But we do some good things. We do do some good things, no doubt. We do some great things. I will not dispute that, but we are not flawless, you know? And that's what a, a nationalist is. When no matter what America does, it's doing the right thing. 
just not true. This one made me laugh. Millennials and Gen Zers are more likely to approve of people kneeling during the national anthem. I wrote flag kneeling part 900. Definitely. We talk about that every day. Of course, we're okay with that. That's your right as Americans. That's all we're going to say about that. Here's the ones I was thinking about that explains why we probably aren't that proud to be Americans right now. 60% of millennials say that the United States is still sexist. Hmm. I mean, okay, so we are still not paying men and women equally we are still enforcing pink taxes we are still justifying rape and like standing with a man and so yeah i would say we're sexist yeah i would say so i mean it's 2018 you guys have been fighting this battle in earnest since the 1920s you know when you got the right to vote and we still shouldn't we be done with this we should be done with this we should realize that men and women are equal and should be treated equal there shouldn't be a division. And you can get into like, well, should a woman be carrying a bazooka? And I don't care. Sure. Like, if they're capable of go doing it, it, go for it. Like, we need to start judging people on their ability and their character levels and not their gender. Like, we need to get away from that. And the fact that it is 2018 and we're still dealing with that, as you pointed out, all of those things, that's a problem. Can't- Sign me up for the draft. Make sure I get all of the same crappy ends of the deal that the guys. I mean, not that I'd be able to go because, like, I don't meet qualifications, but, like. Hey, Donald Trump didn't have to go. You shouldn't have to either, right? Exactly. Let me be a draft warrior. Nor did Bill Clinton, if you wanted to get into it. Yeah, a lot of people dodged the draft. (laughs) I mean, that's a perfect example right there of if 60% of our generation feels like the country is sexist against women. That's so much. Then why would you be proud of that country? I think this all explains itself. If you don't want millennials to be quote-unquote anti-American, then fix some of this stuff. Let's stop being sexist. Yeah. And then right after that, 63% of millennials say that the United States is racist. Racist, yep. And we've talked about that before, too, on this podcast of if you're a black person in America right now and you're walking down the wrong street, you may get shot. Legitimately, you may get shot. Or that story the other day on the news of this black security guard at a bar shooting. He tackled the guy with a gun and the cops show up and kill the black guy. Nuh-uh. Yeah, did you not hear about this? Yeah, and this happens like on the daily. Yeah. That's why I don't hear about it, because it gets literally lost in the news because there's so many bad stories. It does, undoubtedly. We are a long way removed from the Civil War and black people being slaves, three-fifths of a person, but it doesn't feel like it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, they're not enslaved, but they're economically depressed. They're not given the same opportunities. They're shot down in the street. I physically don't understand that. Because of the way I was raised, they are the exact same. Even if they have a different culture or a different way of living or a different outfit well, big d like that doesn't change who it's they are a person. it's a person yeah the, the whole race thing is crazy and a lot of it is instituted by the government you know the projects and the income programs and all of these things that don't really work to even the playing field it just like accentuates the problem you know that's just as guilty for perpetuating this racism it's not just mom and dad telling you that black people are inferior you know it's not just that some of this is structural and until that's addressed again why should i stand up and be like i'm proud of this country right some other things only 54 percent of millennials feel that america is the greatest country on the earth um i don't know I will comfortably say, even with all of this stuff that I'm not happy with, basically all of the previous things I've said in this podcast, I would still rather live here than anywhere else because I'm not aware of a place that I could move to where I would have more freedom. Along with that, about the greatest country in the world, the 54% of millennials that say it is, one third of millennials say that it isn't great today, but it has been great in the past. And then 14% of millennials said it was never great. 
which I don't know if I'd go to that extreme, but we have a lot of instances of not great. I mean, like, forming your own country and government, that's pretty cool. That's pretty impressive. One based on personal freedoms and living the right way and not being a subject to a king and having the freedom of religion and all that stuff. Absolutely cool. I agree. The ideals of this country when it started, and even some ideals today, the fact that there are checks and balances on the government, even though it is tyrannical and out of control, for the most part, it can be reined back in by things, and we're supposedly supposed to be in control of the government. That's kind of cool. I don't know how true that is anymore, but... But that's the idea. The idea is good. And I am a female getting my own education. That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. For sure. I mean, that's the whole thing that people are going to argue. They're like, you think America's not great? Go live in Saudi Arabia where like, oh, you just got the right to drive three months ago, you know, that type of thing. So we're not saying that there aren't worse situations. We're just saying that this could be a better situation here in America. Right. And then maybe we'd be proud of it. This one, and this is why this is so topical. This has been a very hot button issue amongst millennials and then older people that think this is insane. Only 53% of millennials prefer capitalism as the preferred economic system. And obviously the hot button issue is socialism as that has become a more and more popular idea. I've had a comment written on one of my high school papers over politics. It was like, watch out or somebody will call you a darn dirty socialist like i'm definitely leaning towards socialism and a lot of people are socialism is a bad word because it's associated with like stalin and mother russia and all these things but socialism as a actual economic system people just need to go look up that definition it's not as obnoxious it seems logical yeah it's not as crazy as it's made out to be by the right and i'm not saying i'm a socialist or saying this is a good idea but i mean socialism basically is things like a minimum wage or things like government health care or providing welfare those are all socialist programs that already exist in our capitalist society yeah so All I would say these quote-unquote socialist millennials are doing are saying, hey, let's extend these things a little bit. Let's have, like I said, health care for everybody opposed to just a few people, or let's raise the minimum wage. I don't think that's full-on socialism. They're not saying the government needs to take control of everything. They're saying expand social programs. I think that's where it gets in trouble is the right likes to conflate your viewpoints with Russia and the Soviet Union and that kind of stuff, which is not what you're going for. I wanted to quote something from this editorial about the same quote about the socialism thing says half of today's high schoolers say socialism is the way to go what can explain this other than school teachers preaching about socialist paradises while prating on about the evils of capitalism yeah did you have any teacher that got up there and said capitalism sucked nope If anything, teachers are getting up there and extolling the benefits of capitalism. Yeah. This person is so misguided. Well, he says that we're the ill-informed and misguided ones. And he has no idea what's going on in school. I think that this guy way overestimates the amount that politics are actually spoken about at high school in general. If anything, the most I talked about it was like with you in our free time or with other students. I didn't really talk about it in any of my other classes unless it was a government class. For sure. And at no point were we having these discussions to indoctrinate. I wasn't indoctrinating you as a teacher. You didn't sit me down and be like, so these this is actually what the truth is and you should listen right. to this specifically. We were having an open conversation and debate about political ideas, which if that's going to happen in school, that's what should happen. That's how you learn. Allowing me to form my own ideas. Exactly. And that's how you learn to be a better citizen is being able to have these conversations. Because we by no means share the same opinion. Definitely not. And so like, I think that that's important to have those entirely different viewpoints and still be able to converse 
And that was a teacher setting in the first place. And so I don't think that my education system is knocking me down and making me beat the drum to the same thing that they are. I'm actually being fueled to make my own decisions. Right. We want you to be a free thinker. Go learn how to investigate things on your own. That's the goal of the school system. So I think the person that wrote this is just totally off base and it bums me out because there are a lot of people that are going to read that and that's just going to echo around in their chamber and they're just going to get more bitter towards public education when that is the exact opposite way that we should be approaching things right now. The final thing that he kind of got into or she or whoever wrote this was just a typical complaint of people. And this bums me out too, but things like high school students were also least likely to know who is on Mount Rushmore. Only 35% got them right. I asked the guy I was with last night and he named all four of them, but I couldn't name more than two. Well, at least you can get two. Here's my thing with that. I don't defend the lack of history knowledge amongst the millennial or Gen Z generation. I will not defend that at all. But here, I think, is the reason. And it is not socialist teachers getting up there saying that, oh, American history facts are important. That's not it. Here's what's happening. In today's society, with technology, the need to know trivial information is is zero. Because you carry around a computer in your hand. It is right there in your lap. Where Let me see how fast I can do it. Right. She can immediately look up who the four presidents are on Mount Rushmore. She's doing it as we speak. And what that has done is that has made it not relevant for students to possess this information. Go. She got it pulled up. (laughs) Thomas Jefferson, Roosevelt, Abraham Lincoln, and George Washington. There you go. You can make an argument that it's important to know those things, but I mean, in what setting, Abby, do you think you'd be out in nature where you would have to absolutely know those four individuals? None of them. Right. Maybe if you're like training for Jeopardy, yeah, you would need to know that. But I stayed up until 2 a.m. watching Jeopardy last night. On Netflix? Mm-hmm. Are you me? It's addicting, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't stop. But that's exactly the point. Like With computers, with cell phones, with technology, we can look all of this stuff up at any point when we need it. And you may be like, well, what if they go down? Well, if we go down, we're probably in an apocalypse and no one's going to be like, I'm going to kill you if you don't tell me the third person on Mount Rush. It's not going to happen. So I don't blame liberal teachers, the public education system, any of that for students or young people or millennials not knowing those facts. Because why is it pertinent? It doesn't make you a bad American that you can't name those well abs do you have anything final to say about this editorial i just challenge you guys when you come across this that instead of you know getting angry or ranting about it go through it like we did and write down your points because i really enjoyed that and it helped me create a good argument and stance in my own opinion and i thought it was a fun little exercise for me or if you find this editorial and you're like man that's spot on Come talk to us. We would love to have someone on the show that is just diametrically opposed to what we just talked about. That'd be interesting. I would like to converse with somebody that totally believes this. So many people are like, I don't want to get on because you guys are just going to roast me. But like, I promise that's not what's going to happen. I'm genuinely interested in hearing other opinions just because it fascinates me. I know. They are so afraid, but you know we're going to be polite. We had a white flipping supremacist on the podcast and we were nothing but nice to him. We disagreed with his viewpoint, but we were nice to him. I didn't sit here and be like you're bogus dude like f you exactly if we can get along with a white supremacist then we can have a republican or a conservative on this podcast we're not going to toast you we just want to talk to you that's the whole point we want to have this dialogue and it's a platform for you to get your views out as well definitely free publication of whatever things you believe don't want to start your own podcast air in an episode definitely we'll give you an episode Do you have a song pick of the week? I do. I have stumbled into this hole. It happened on NPR the other night. I heard 
the sweet angelic voice of Julian Baker. And I was like, oh, Julian Baker, what are you doing on NPR? Well, she formed a new group called Boy Genius, all one word. And they have a song called Ketchum Idaho that, oh my Lord. <laughs> that it, sounds so goofy. It is, but you should check what it out. What kind of music is it? Julian Baker is like, I have my guitar and I am just going to be so depressingly sad. Mm. I've heard her compared to as like the female equivalent of the band Brand New. Not quite as hard, but same like lyrical ideas yeah. and just kind of really get you in the feels. She's teamed up with two other people just like her and they are all heavenly singers and my goodness. That they only have good. They have five songs right now and it's super fresh and it's really good. If you want to just get sad and watch it snow and wonder what you're doing here, that's the stuff. Ooh, okay, okay. I'll check it out. Mine is one that's been played on KTRM a lot recently. That's the college radio station for those of you that don't know. It's called Shine Like Fire by Lobby Boxer. It only has 15 Shazams. Wow. Because like I couldn't find it anywhere. I looked up the lyrics and like tried to find it and it took me three months to get this on Shazam because every time it would come on I would try and get it. It's finally here so Shine Like Fire by Lobby Boxer. All of you listeners if you've made it this far you should be super amped that you just got two of the freshest yeah, tunes for real. out there. Go check this out. Support these artists and support this podcast. Stay funky fresh. We'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>